Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the cantina. Have a seat. We're going to be talking about the Mex tour. Mako had two friendlies, the last friendlies in the United States. And they had their farewell yesterday at Santa Clara. I was present at the match, and I'll be giving my thoughts and my experience on that. And uh, overall, how we're feeling about Mako's chances in the World Cup. Liga Mekis, hallelujah, we'll be back this weekend, and we'll take our predictions on that. And of course, we always have Chisme. Uh, we're live on Twitter Spaces. We're live on YouTube. So hop on, raise your hand, and uh, if you want to speak later on in the show, we'll g- we'll give the opportunity. But before we go any further, let's welcome tonight's panel. How we doing, folks? I'm good. I know people are sweating it. About two months to go until World Cup. Everyone's expecting three and zero. I, I I don't know. I, I don't I'm not worried. Even even if they do even if they do fail to get out of the group, I, I wouldn't sound the alarms. Everyone's already like doomsday prepping, saying the league sucks. <laughs> there's no players. There's just so much and and, and if that did happen the sh- the shit would hit the fan and you would have all these theories and arguments as what's going on. But it's just football, you know? It's, it's a very simple answer. It's just you win some, you lose some. Super Elbow, were you able to catch the uh, the match last night? I got, to, I got to catch some of it. The rest of it was on Twitter, man, just running all these errands and stuff uh, uh, the other day. But I swear, man... Uh, I, I'm kind of, I'm kind of like Joel, you know. It's just a game. There's still two months to go. There's time to write any issues, right? But uh, it's really difficult. I, 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 I sort of understand how the fans are, right? Having a little difficult time uh, uh, being optimistic. I know that that you know the the club hasn't, their, the national team hasn't looked all that great. And you know, coming from ahead to lose yesterday, what didn't really uh, help out that situation. But uh, I still think there's time, and again, Mexico has a tendency to play well when, when they are in the World Cup. Uh, so and when and when they're the underdog, especially when they're under, when they're the underdog. Only it's <laughs> only game. Why do you have to be mad? <laughs> just a just a quick, quick uh, reminder to everybody: it's it's just a game. It's not that serious, but. Obviously, after an incredible, an incredible first half by Mexico, one of the best halves, arguably in in Tata's cycle, it, it just felt like, oh, okay, maybe this entire time he was trolling everybody, maybe this entire time he's trying not to show too much going into the World Cup, like maybe they do have their shit figured out. And then what happens in the second half? Well, uh, man. Just uh, the everything that could go wrong went wrong, and within seven minutes of the second half, uh, Colombia had already tied the game two two. Incredible! Like uh, for them to fold that quickly was was pretty impressive. Um, and you know, like I was there, I was at the match. I went in as press, got to sit in the box seats, whatever. And you know, you're there with all the other 
reporters and all these people. And I mean, the consensus was they were all ripping on Tata and, and, you know, his failure to make those adjustments in the, in the second half, you know, obviously like Colombia made their, their changes at halftime. I don't know what Tata said at halftime. Maybe he said, Hey, Bolulos, you know, just whatever, kick the ball around. But in a World Cup scenario, this is exactly what happens to Mexico. They fold. They they cave in. They they don't rise to the occasion, and they end up losing like always. And it's like this is this is something that's been happening in my entire lifetime, like 20, 30 years of of seeing this happen. So it's nothing new to us. But it's like we keep asking the same question: like, why do we keep falling for the same like traps? I certainly don't have an answer for that, Jaime. But uh, you make a good point, man. It does seem like uh, when push comes to shove there at the end, yeah, there's a little bit of, uh, you know, what do we call it? The tiemblan las piernas, right? Yeah. Yeah, I don't I don't know what it is, but it it's, it's, seems to be, his, it historically happens, right? 98 against Germany, right? Uh, against the Netherlands in 2014. Uh, and well, I guess, you know, you, you can't compare a friendly to that, but, but you do see that in, uh, when, when we do, uh, get into the knockout phase of the, of the world cup. And again, I'm, I'm not, I don't want to say I'm being pessimistic or anything like that, but you know, it really is tough to kind of look past, uh, the way the team's been playing and, and wondering what it's going to be like, you know, if they are able to get into the knockout round this world cup. Yeah, I don't think it has to be that dramatic as far as the group stage. I think a lot of people are making a huge deal about Poland. And, you know, apart from Lewandowski, uh, there's not much of a threat going on in Poland. I'm confident that they can they can win that match. Saudi Arabia, not a big deal either. The United States couldn't even beat them. So we'll see. But obviously everyone's thinking about Argentina and onwards, right? Because... You have that tough match against Argentina, arguably one of the best selecciones out right now going into the World Cup. I think they're ranked third uh, under FIFA rankings. Um, and, you, and you look beyond that, right? You look at a group where it will most likely be France and Denmark, and I don't know if, if Mexico's ready to, to face that challenge in the round of 16. It just seems like another round of 16 exit. Um, we'll see how it goes, but... Re- refresh my memory is uh, Argentina the the wh- which game is it where, where we play them we play them after Poland so that's game two I believe so yeah yeah so that does uh yeah I, I'm not quite super intimidated by Poland that said Mexico in the past has like uh what was that 2006 against Angola kind of played a lackluster game and ended up getting a draw right oh, so yeah that's right so there there is a little bit of that that's the whole uh potentially being considered a favorite in the match and Hoyle was talking about that Mexico's a lot better when they're considered an underdog mm-hmm. you know that's how they were able to get that uh you know and I know France wasn't at their best in in 2010 but Mexico was able to get that 2-0 on them yeah yeah And, you know, after the match, I was there in the press room, press conference, and uh, obviously all the journalists were, like, praising Colombia for what they did. 
and the national coach for, for Colombia was, you know, was really proud of uh, of the team and what he saw out there. And he also, you know, wished Mexico the best of luck in the World Cup. Um, and they're, you know, they're playing. Like, hey, they have a great coach. They have a great, great group of guys. Um, you know, Colombia is not going to be in the World Cup, so um, they're going to be watching it from the from their television set. And it just goes to show, man, like if, you know, people talk about, oh, like what if Mexico was in Comebol? Like, bro, we wouldn't go to the World Cup. We wouldn't qualify. <laughs> we w- I don't think we would qualify. Like, let's be honest, like, because you would have to be Colombia to get that spot. It certainly would get complicated for sure, but but certainly would up their game, kind of like playing at Libertadores, right? Too, too pessimistic, Jaime. <laughs> I mean, because using that logic, we would say they wouldn't even get out of the group stage at Copa America. But when Mexico was able to send its best squad before CONCACAF started imposing the under-23 and whatnot, I mean, they did end up with making two finals. And I don't know if it's two other semifinals. And you could see their head-to-head against a lot of these countries, and it's pretty favorable. Yeah, but it's, I mean, it's, even it's, though uh, when against Argentina, when against Brazil, they both, uh, I know it's in group stage, but they beat they beat both of those teams. I still think it's like uh, too too small of a sample to to say, oh yeah, that's how they would fare in Comebol. Because Comebol is a different animal, bro. You play you play two games. Each. I know, but but that, that's what they would say before, because I mean, Mexico didn't always play at Copa America, and that used to be a talking point. Uh, especially South Americans would say, oh, when they play here, they're going to get their asses handed to them. And then their very first, their very first appearance in 93, they make it all the way to the final. Yeah. Uh, played a very good match against Argentina, 2-1. Uh, and that's a very strong Argentina side, 93. Champions in 86, finalists in 90. Um, and and then the same thing was said during Libertadores, you know. Um, you... you you guys won't stand a chance, and the Mexican teams, well, they made three finals. Uh, just you as the all-Mexican team, because all the, then the other argument was, well, you're filled with foreigners. But then you look at Chiwa's results, and they pretty much beat, you know, when they went up against a lot of the, the heavyweights, they, they favored good a lot of times, and they did make a final too. So, I mean, I agree, they wouldn't, they wouldn't be like a like in CONCACAF, where they're automatic, where you, they could have very, very bad, um, you know, very bad, like, like uh, stints, and then still somehow manage it. So, yeah, they would obviously miss miss a cup here or there, but I do think they would they would qualify because, I mean, off the bat, they're already better than, like, Bolivia and Venezuela. At least eight teams. Yeah, but we're talking about we're talking about right now, man, and with Tata at the helm, like oh, right now, yeah. right now, yeah. But, we've had but a, I mean, we've had a really bad record against Comebol. I mean, we've lost to uh, Paraguay, Ecuador, we've lost to Colombia, we've lost to Argentina. Obviously, it's just like all these teams that we used to get these results against. There, we're not even get, we're not even beating them anymore. Yeah, yeah, I would say that has more to do with like just how like what's going on with the team, like how like the team lost Raul, you know, he ended up with that injury and he didn't recover. And 
the players, they have their ups and downs. You know, sometimes they, they're just not performing to the level we're used to. I think it has more, more to do with that. And then also the league not producing much talent. There's not much competition coming out the league because the league went, you know, they went like full, let's, let's like triple the number of foreigners that could come in. For sure. Yeah, that that went off uh, in the press conference saying about how, you know, the Mexican player doesn't want to leave Liga Mekis for X or Y reason. What he's like, how can a player have like a ten million dollar price tag in Mexico, but in Europe he's not worth like half of that? And yeah, he was basically just trying to like open up the conversation. Like these are conversations that like we need to be having. And, you know, it's greater than just me. You know, it's this is, a, this is an issue that's, you know, been around in the past. And it's like, so, yeah, he was he was pretty frustrated. I don't, I don't agree with him, Jaime. No? I don't agree with his take. I don't think that's the problem. And it's funny you mentioned um, Gormabor because, you know, like, the talking point right now is if, if Mexico sent, had more players in Europe, you know? Uh, I think it was Hugo Sanchez that said it. If Mexico has about 80 players in Europe, I could make them champions. But that's been like a talking point of just if we could have more players in Europe, um, or send, and then with the fans, you see it all the time. As soon as some young guy shows he could kick the ball or juke someone, they're like, or oh, you know, they're trying to send them abroad already, and and that's like the massive talking point. And it's like it used to be. And, and, you know, it's, it's obviously because of, of um, you know, the globalization and we're able to see, like, Champions League and all that. And, and we see these games. And and also the obvious, the one main obvious one is the majority of the champions since 98, I believe, all except one, which is, you know, two, have all been European teams. So it's, that's the, you know, Europe has the sauce. But in Mexico, when I started watching... It used to be if Mexico was in Conmebol, the team would be a competitor. And for a while, they practically were, except for eliminatorias. Copa America, they, they were in every Copa America and Copa Libertadores. I think they had the best. And it's it's interesting that they didn't fight to stay in those tournaments. They sort of like gave it up and then said, oh, no, we, we just, just send players to Europe, you know? It, it is sort of like change your mindset. Well, uh, it always comes down to money, right? That's that's the big the big reason why Mexico does anything. This is that's why everyone does everything. It's <laughs> business first, sports second. Without the money, you wouldn't have these teams. That's why really what we're watching right now in Europe. A lot of these major teams, like especially in England, they're not even owned by English. You know, there's all these American um, business owners and Arabic and all that stuff. Yeah, um, um, who um, who owns Qatar or who is it that owns PSG? Is it uh, Qatari business people? I think it is Qatari business people. Yeah, that's what I mean. 
Qatar Sports Investments. Okay. Yeah, no, I think, you know, I agree with Ugo. If you, if you could put 80 more players out in, in Europe, it would definitely cause for an interesting competition with local Mexican players. But the problem is that we can't even add 20 Mexican players to the Mexican League. <laughs> yeah. Maybe. So, yeah, that's the... Yeah. So let's, you know, let's let's focus on getting some Mexican players into the domestic league, first of all, and uh, and see what we can do with that. Because we, in the past, we have done well with with uh, you know domestic uh, domestic league based players. Well, and all, all all of Mexico's big achievements have come with domestic. All of them, Olympics, the two under seventeen campeonatos, the Copa Confederaciones. Um, even at the start of when Mexico became regular at getting to the second round, because prior to 94, Mexico was very irregular. It was a very, very bad team. It's, it's funny seeing how people complaining or saying dark ages. And it's like, that's not dark ages that they're struggling to beat Honduras, but still making it to the World Cup. Dark ages was missing out in 82, missing out in 74 going to 78, getting their assets handed to them, finishing last place. Cachirules. Cachirules and 90 being in yeah. Those are dark ages, man. <laughs> really have no, they have not used Mexico fans. They're, they're very spoiled right now. Mm-hmm. Well, what, I would call, what I would just call this is not being able to get over the hump. That's it. <laughs> it's not dark ages. Mexico just hasn't been able to get over the hump. And well, and it's, a, and it's a difficult one, you're right, because yeah. if we look at the World Cup, they always finish about 13th to 16th place. That's where they've been finishing, which is about the middle, because out of 32. Yep. And that's not really that bad if you think about it. So, I mean, what's up to that is the top 10. You know, the top 10, you have like four or five that are elite so that's it's a very difficult. It's it's not an easy, um, you know. Like you you have other teams like like Holland, like they can't even do that. Yeah, I mean, it is what it is. Obviously, until the World Cup happens, we'll be able to see what really uh what what mexican team comes out to play because if it's the first 45 minutes against colombia then <laughs> i'll be feeling great but obviously if it's going to be the entire 90 minutes against colombia then we got some problems but it's like dude the team- the, the part all right this is the part that upsets me it's like bro we're we're 4 years into this guy's cycle like have you not how have you not figured this out yet bro like you should not be you should not be ha- – it's like if someone gave you, like, four years to fix your car and, like, we're right there ready, uh, you know, for the big race. You have four years to get ready for this big race and we're doing the first, like, qualifying lap and, like, you know, you can't even get the car to start or the, the car runs uh, out of gas halfway through the through – the, it's like, no, like, you had four years to do this, to fix this. Like, yeah, but but he he's not going to tell us what, what he's trying to do. You know, they're not going to reveal their cards. If we, if we look at La Puente's team going into France 98, that was that looked like a disaster. It looked like tragedy waiting to happen. Um, he They were losing even by by goleadas. Well, that's right. The friendly no. games leading up to it, right? Wait, what? Yeah, year? they were losing. 
98. Oh, okay. But look at look at the friendlies that once La, La Puente takes over, and look at look at his list of games, and it's like it was not promising, you know, and the team gets to the World Cup and it was like a whole different team. And so I think, I think a lot of times the coaches have an idea of what they want to do um, and, and what, what they're gunning for. So I, I don't think, because I do, I don't, I see what you mean. And that's, to me, that's a bit more in line with, with like club. Because when then you're, you do week in, week out, and you, we're accustomed to seeing the teams play in a certain way. But that the national team is way different because they don't get the squad. They, I mean, they get the squad what every three months for like a week, and most. So I, I do think sometimes these coaches they'll they'll try certain things, and of course the the trainings never open. We we're not seeing what's going on during the trainings. <laughs> And uh, on this go around, uh, who was it? La Volpe Osorio, they, didn't they get uh, the national team early? Also they have, I know, La, I know La, La Volpe had like, they gave him a month, I believe. Because he, 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 I know like, he got uh, him early. Yeah, he got a lot of the, the domestic players too, especially. I think they did a, they did a whole thing where they were like, like oh, wait. They, weren't they also doing this where they where there's like every other week Mini ciclos? domestic players and they would concentrate at, at the Centro Pegasos? Yeah, that was La, that was with La Volpe. Dude, they did all this training. They went in as um as a seated team in big part due to the previous, not so much going from his cycle, but a lot of the stuff that was achieved before him. Uh, and and team didn't really do any better than than had the team had been doing before. Um, that's and I'm not doing this to talk, you know, to to say anything negative. Just pointing out how volatile this could be because he had all that massive training. They go in, dude. They can't even beat Angola, right? They, they can't even beat this team that's like with a bunch of semi-pro players. Uh, which a league, their league, come on, you know, it's not a first, a first, you know, it's not a premier type league. And then you have what was going in 2014, you have um, Biojo, right, who would hit less time. And that was one of the best uh, Mexican World Cup participations uh, ever, just for how they played and, and some of the results they got. That was one of the better ones. So it's it's very random, man. It could just be very random. Uh, Croatia is another one of these crazy stories with the they replaced the coach, right? After um, kind of going into the World Cup or something like that, he ends up taking them all the way to the final. Oh, that's right. Yeah, he uh, wasn't even the he didn't even start the proceso. Uh, well, I wanted to I wanted to go back to that uh, where you were talking about. Um, I think it was La Puentes uh, when, when he got when he got the national team and did the tour before the World Cup and they they did terribly and I know it's not a, a national team or anything like that or the uh, the World Cup national team but same thing happened uh, 
for the 2012 Olympics with Mexico. Their friendlies didn't look all that great either, and they ended up winning the gold. <laughs> they went all the way to the final and, yeah. and beating Brazil. And I'm, beating I'm, Brazil. Jaime, they beat Brazil. Oh. <laughs> this, I'm just saying, because you said they yeah. wouldn't. Mike's wouldn't make it out of Commonwealth. I do think they win. Obviously, not every not every cycle, but I do think because I do think they match well. I, I think like they're pretty they're pretty level with teams like Peru, Colombia, Chile. You know, I, and this I see this going off a head to head results. If you look them up, you can see that that they're they're pretty even. You know. <clears throat> Yeah, really quickly, we had a request for Albert to speak. I, I think I just gave you the, the invite to speak, so let us know if you have any issues. Uh, maybe he changed his mind. <laughs> All good, Albert. But yeah, if you, if you want to speak up, just uh, put that request and I'll, I'll approve it. I, I, <coughs> Um, I just shared a tweet in the space. Uh, Jonathan Peña said, Mexico debería ceder su lugar en la Copa del Mundo a Colombia. Ah, too much negativity. Man. Too much. No, can you hear me? Albert. Oh, yeah. Welcome. Hey, what's going on? Can you hear me? Yes, sir. Hey, how's it going, guys? Welcome to the pod, man. Thanks for uh, hopping. It was going on. Uh, go, go, going on to what you guys were talking about, uh, about that lead up to 98. Uh, it was pretty bad because not only did they lose against national teams like Ireland, they also they did. A, I remember they did a, a tour of, of uh, South America where they, they <clears> lost <throat> to Boca and they lost to, uh, I think, uh, I'm not sure if it was Colo Colo and uh, Universidad Católica. What else? So it was pretty bad. And I remember uh, in March, I was talking to El Emperador Claudio Suarez, and he was told, and he says it's kind of compare, it's kind of a comparable situation to what the team is going now. But he doesn't think this team is going to make it past the first round. He says, you know. <laughs> He's like, Damn. they don't, they don't have me, so I don't feel confident. <laughs> I was talking to this past weekend because uh, well, I'm, I'm a writer and I cover the match. I was talking to a local, to a, a well-known scribe in the U.S. soccer scene, uh, Scott French, and he was telling me that the '98 team. I mean, as an outsider, it, it, it didn't have a guy, a lot of guys in. I didn't have anybody in Europe, but it was just a much stronger team. I mean, you, you had personality, you got, you had talent, you you had your your game-breaking talent like uh, like Guatemoc, a guy a guy that could push in the ball whenever you needed. Matador, you you had Claudio on the back with you know a Tiburon, and you know you know you had Campos, and this team, you know, I kind of I kind of uh, I kind. Uh, agree with him. This team, uh, it just doesn't. It doesn't have. Uh, it doesn't have that if factor. It doesn't have star power, which is, I think, one of the reasons why. Why, especially the the game in LA didn't have a, a big crowd. I mean, Chucky is a good player, but he doesn't scream. You know, oh, I I, I need to go pay seventy bucks to go see this guy. 
It's not like a chicharito. Chicharito, you know, would uh, you know, he, he could be hated, but chicharito people would pay money to see chicharito. So I, uh, you know, I I, I kind of agree with French. I'm 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 uh, I'm I'm a little down on the team, and you know, I, I don't I don't I don't I don't think it's gonna be a good uh decent World Cup. <laughs> you you mentioned how '98 didn't really have any any um based players, and this one has more and. But it has more talent. I mean, because it was a different time. It was a. It was harder for the. It was real hard for 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 the, for them to at that time. I mean, it all it all started to change. Obviously, Rafa Rafa went in two thousand three, uh, two thousand and then when La Volpe, when La Volpe's crop of players started uh, flying in Europe, everything started to change. But that ninety eight team didn't didn't have that the didn't have that luxury. It was just you know, a different I, time. I don't. I never heard that take. I don't really agree with it. I just think what you think happened aside from that, one of them was the Boston ruling, which was around a what was it, or something. Well, you kind of sound like a like a robot right now. <laughs> the... yeah. Okay, let me let me connect again. Well, you need to find that sweet spot, man. <laughs> But you know, in the meanwhile, I mean, between we get when it gets that situation, I would like to talk. I went, I was last week. I went to the to the media to the media day, and I went to the to the. I was at the game. I was there after. And honestly, my big takeaway is that I think Tata has already checked out. He he's tired. Hundred percent. He's tired. He doesn't. He. Uh, I'm gonna give you a good example. Uh, uh, I'm pretty sure you guys heard about it. The big hoopla over that question, where, where uh, a young reporter from from Tijuana asked him. It was a, you know, some. I, to me, it was a, a. It was a good question, but it was nothing out of the ordinary. He just told him, uh, "Are you gonna, you know, are, are you? Did you play with Charlie and Luis Chavez because you wanna, you wanna contain the ball against uh, Poland and Saudi Arabia, and you want, and you." Do you want uh, Henry to play, uh, you know, associative soccer, which was a basic question. But you know, Tata, you could tell he has, he has he has rage in him, rage in him. So he just he basically w- w- when he w- when he first answered, he 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 yelled out a bad word, and then he he didn't even answer the guy's question. I, it just seems like he indirectly wanted to you know to throw shots at the, at the media right there. Yeah, and uh, you know he basically that's what it was. he basically insulted the entire crowd because he's like, this is the most yeah. intelligent question I've had in four years, and it's like, yeah, yeah, well, yeah. what are you trying to exactly. say, bro? And, it was exactly, yeah. yeah. And if you go back to a couple, a couple of those press conferences he has had, they they do ask him about soccer. When you go back to the early, but he he gives runarounds, he gives his long these long long winded responses. In comparison with Osorio, <laughs> when they wanted to duke it out with Osorio uh, in terms of tactics, uh, Osorio would would just uh, smoke him because he would, yeah. he would just he, he and you know and La Volpe. So I mean, you could uh, go, uh, going on Tata. You could tell the guy has checked out. You know, he just wants to. And then another example yesterday when he talks about how Mexico needs uh, players that Colombia has, which you know play uh, play jugadores de jerarquía in Europe. Uh, he said, uh, somebody asked him, oh, uh, for your process. And he said, oh, no, no, para mi no. So that guy's gone. He, yeah, he's, he, yeah. he's going through the motions. Honestly, it sounds, uh, it sounds far-fetched. The best thing they could do right now to save face is let him go. And honestly, the, the perfect situation is to bring in a motivator. I mean, 
You're not gonna, it's no time for tactics. It's a guy who's going to just get the best out of him. And I'm looking at Piojo, a guy who's going to, you know, bubble, bubble, weon, uh, bubble, weon. he's going to, he's, he's just going to, you just need a light of fire and just say face because with Tata, Tata doesn't, Tata doesn't radiate confidence. He, yeah. the guy, like I said, nope. uh, he, he just, he's, he's, He's he's checked out. He's in Argentina. He's coaching Boca or whichever team he's gonna go to, and and that's that. And I mean, but but going again, and, and I wrote about this. It's just it, it was very irresponsible of the federation to fire Torrado because of all the mass all the mishaps that happened in the summer and keep the guy he brought in when the guy we brought in wasn't in, in, in a better situation. So it was it was a responsibility on that part, and you know, and you can tell that the 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 fans are mad. I mean, the the Rose Bowl in uh, in 2018 was uh, had had uh, 80,000, 80, 80, 20,000 more fans, eighty thousand for the, and it was a week. Of, well, it was a Monday, but it was a holiday weekend for the send off against Wales. For for this match in the Rose Bowl, it was sixty thousand, and like fourteen, uh, fourteen of them were Peruvian. So I mean, <laughs> yeah, you, you uh, saw a lot of lomo salteado, you know, and and sandwichones outside, you know. Uh, so it's like you could tell the, the, the people have little faith, and it's just a bad situation. And you know, like I said, it's it's wild, but the best thing they could do right now is just let them go. You know, the guy's not comfortable; he's not happy. And you know, bring in, uh, bring in whoever would want. I mean, I'm pretty sure Piojo would take over and just you know, and uh, just just see what uh, see what happens because Tata is just I don't know Tata Tata's not, he's not in it. He's not in it. Yeah. Um. Real quick, uh, Danny, I do see your request to speak, so we'll get to you in a sec. But uh, Albert, what you mentioned about him being checked out, hundred percent yesterday uh, after after the game at the press conference, he was he was checked out and. You know, uh, I don't know if like the communications like managers, the one that stands next to him and he's the kind of the one pointing to the crowd. All right, I'll take your question. I'll take your question. But this guy was just like mean mugging the entire crowd, bro. Like, I feel like that was just like at that point where he's he's done. He just wants he just wants this to get over with. And uh, I mean, there was a rumor that he resigned twice and, and they wouldn't accept his resignation. So exactly. Yeah. So like I said, it goes again. This is responsibility. Or I don't know what it is from the federation to you know not have not have uh, done with this process in the summer, especially when they let go of Torrado because Torrado was pretty much the godfather of the whole thing. So and Car- and Torrado had even talked about he had even talked about uh, extending uh, extending Tata for eight years. Was, yeah, uh, I mean it just uh, it just showed her you know that he it was his guy. And he should have been let, let go. Uh, let go when there was to, when you know there was time. But uh, like I said, right now you know it's uh, it, 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 to save face. The best thing they could do is just let a guy who doesn't want to let a guy who doesn't want to be there free. Maybe it's because uh, you know they're gonna owe him a bunch of money or I don't know. But you know it's uh, it's bad business. It, it's bad business business practices because. The brand, the brand has taken a couple hits. I mean, I'm pretty sure they have guaranteed that someone is guaranteed, but you know, they've taken some hits, and it's uh, and it's and I, you know, I don't want to blame Patata, but you know, the, the you know, people just aren't just aren't happy with his work. It's not, it's complete, it's not completely his fault. I mean, he can't, he he can't control, you know, Alvarez missing his marks, you know, missing missing you know missing players, but you know, people just have no faith in him. 
Yep. Yep. No, I had heard about the uh, him <clears throat> resigning when they fired um, Torrado, right? But uh, Albert, you said that uh, there was a second time he tried to resign. No, no, it was a it was a gentleman, uh, the uh, the host. Yeah, no, I had just heard of that one time. Okay, yeah, I heard about the one time, but yeah, I mean, if if he's what tried to resign once or even yeah, twice, yeah. That, that, that that that's on Yon de, de Luisa, right? Yeah, exactly on him. Exactly, especially it's after they let go of Torrado. Torrado, like I said, Torrado is the head of the, of the whole process, and you 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 let the head go and you don't get rid of the, of the heart. What the hell? Wait, I, I just am I am I still on robot? No, you're sound no. great now. All right, I'm just gonna say uh, it's also on him because if we're talking about money, you could resign, and so that means they won't owe you anything. Because one thing is, okay, if we sack you, we gave you four years, but we're firing you with a year or whatever left, then yeah, we owe you this much. But if you resign, you throw the towel, I quit, then they don't owe you anything. Yeah, that's right. I, I missed that. Bad, so, bad, yeah. so I do think maybe he presented his resignation and said, you know what, gentlemen, I understand things aren't going well. And if you guys want to sack me, here's my resignation. So you won't owe me anything. That happens too sometimes, you know. So that that could be a possibility there, where he and FMF were like, you know, they they decided to keep him. It was like they said, "All right, well, I don't think they have any any options that they could uh, that they trust in right now." But I mean, it's just, I don't know, it's, it's just weird because you look at Hugo Sanchez, Hugo Sanchez got fired for much less. And the team wasn't, honestly, I was a hater at the time, but the team wasn't bad with Hugo <laughs> and Hea running, running the show. It wasn't bad. It, it was, it was it, they had that good Copa America, but, but Hugo yeah. you know, got fired for, for, uh, that, for, for the that, qualifiers. That, that Copa America, they golearon a Paraguay, which was being coached by Tata. Yeah, and and, yeah. and and that Copa America is also the one where Mexico has scored the most amount of goals. They pretty um, much ran. They 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 had good good games and ran against uh, and ran over everybody except uh, well obviously that win they didn't run over Brazil but they had a good showing and just those two games against uh, what was it two or one game against Argentina that's no one game one game against in the semifinals that's it. Yeah. Same. Well, no, yeah, I keep, do. It, keep it. Keep in mind, Hoyle. I'll make this correction: that when he beat uh, Martino, Paraguay. it was like a, a, it yeah. was a ten-man Paraguay team. Hey, don't, don't matter, man. <laughs> but, but, but he did. He did win, and and I was impressed with the with the three-one win against Uruguay in the yeah, third place which game. Is massive. T- yeah, and then the yeah. dude, the Brazil game with um with Nady's goal, man. That's one for the highlight reels of greatest goals of all time. It is. It's fantastic. That, that two two sombreritos, man. Over yeah. uh, what was that? Juan? What was the guy's name? Oh, I forgot. But We're going the, way back, yeah, man. Yeah. But no, Hugo's <laughs> team was was, was enter, entertaining. What got Hugo fired was his big mouth. Yeah, that's, that's what it was. That's all. The media went after just, him. That's what it was. The media went yeah. after him. Just just really quick. Do you guys remember during that Copa America and? and and he was top of the world because he scores that goal. And then they showed some clip where he was like sailing a boat. Yeah, I remember he's, that. He's like sailing. That, that's in my mind how he leaves. He leaves the Mexico national team. He just sails away 
into the sunset. Because <laughs> his career was pretty tragic after that, you know. He, he yeah, never he did went, that, he did that he never went that, and that's it. Yeah. yeah, and even in England um, with uh, Man City, I think. Um, but losing his parents, losing his wife, I mean, just, just all tragedy. But so to me, that's that's where in my mind I, I rewrote I rewrote the Nahiri, and he just sells off. He, he just that's the, that's he the just only thing. That's the only thing the wife let him keep was the boat. <laughs> after that, Nettie had that episode in Mexico City where he tells the reporter, "That's why that's why I'm in Europe and you're here." Yep, that's right. classic. Uh, we have Danny who's been waiting patiently. Danny, thanks for hopping on. Um, what are your thoughts on these last two matches for Mexico? Uh, thanks for the invite. Can you guys hear me? Yep. Yes, sir. Uh, I just want to say um, Mexico is uh, absolute rubbish. Um, but <laughs> the the thing is, though, like, I, I know they're just friendlies. And I know um, there's, like, a lot of behind-the-scenes stuff. But the way, like, Tata sets up his team and, like, um, how he doesn't have, like, a game plan. Colombia had a, a game plan. They uh, changed their strategy. And because of that, the second half, they just completely dominated Mexico. It was like uh, two different halves. And I mean, I, I was really surprised how Mexico was uh, doing really well uh, in the first half and the second half. I'm like, oh, okay, there, there we go. That's the Mexico I uh, know and love, you know? Um, and I, I think uh, in terms of doing well against comable teams, I think Mexico does well just because, you know, they speak the language. You know, you hear the other coach uh, yell directions or instructions and you understand it. And the other uh, Mexico just says, oh, I, uh, I know the language. I, I know what to do. Like, he's saying in Spanish like I get it and with Brazil you know they pick up some Portuguese because they play Brazil a couple times uh, no I'm kidding but you know Mexico has been pretty solid against comfortable teams and uh, just the way they play these uh, two games I don't think everyone should worry as much because I, I know Mexico has a history of stepping up in World Cups um, so I'm trying to be a little optimistic but I do think that the results in the World Cup might be um, getting out on the group stage, and I'm not going to be surprised, but hopefully they, they do better than uh, I expect. Yeah, that's pretty much it. For sure. I mean, I think, I feel like most of us are feeling that way, not to have too much expectations for Mexico in the World Cup uh, in the group stage based on all, all everything that we've had leading up to this <laughs> moment, but... Yeah, time after time, man, they they find a way. They they play up to their opponent. It happens every single time. I think the the part where we've been critical of of Tata and the players is like you know falling into the same traps, like not knowing how to handle those moments of a match where the opposition really starts to to play at your level or even beyond your level, and and knowing how to close out games. And I think that's where everyone just feels like something has to change, and. You know, you always try to you try to look internally. You try to figure out like, well, what needs to change, you know, and and that's when you start throwing out these these big questions. But at the end of the day, you know, the show will go on uh, if if we're gonna be making decisions based on you know monetary value because you know Michael plays most of their games here in the United States. Uh, last night's match sold sixty seven thousand seats. You know, at a at a at a stadium that's capacity is like sixty eight thousand. So they basically sold out last night, and it's like. They play most of their matches here, and it's like, 
it's all based on money. So I don't think we're going to see a fundamental change with the national team's performance for a very long time until their money runs out. Oh, yeah. Especially considering that, you know, that uh, they're pretty much forgetting about they're, – they're pretty much not even talking about Libertadores and they're just focusing on that on that big, you know, the big uh, Leagues, Cup, Leagues Cup tournament they're going to have last year, you know, which uh, the president of Liga MX said that uh, the doubleheader with Chivas in America – uh, uh, drew more people than the Super Bowl, <laughs> so so you know that, that's here to stay. So you know, I I I really I, I don't see I don't see Mexico any. Uh, I'm with you. I don't see Mexico going through any positive changes anytime soon, because obviously they're priority they're prioritizing the money, and it's it's sad, but you know that's the that's that's the state of the uh, state of affairs at this moment. <clears throat> We have our number one fan. Looks like he's ready to hop on. Really quick, there was a economist that he's been doing uh, World Cup predictions. So I think he's gotten the last two winners right. And he, he did one for this one. And he has he actually, not only does he have Mexico advancing past the group stage, he has them beating France. <laughs> wow. wow. I want what he's smoking, bro. I want some of well, that good seen, stuff. Does, does have he have any friends? Is he Mexican or what? What is he? No, he's German, I think, but based in England. I I, I wonder if any business ventures in Mexico. Hey, Joel, <laughs> even a broken clock watching? is twice right, twice a day. <laughs> we haven't been watching uh, France's results. They lost to France. I mean, to Denmark, to zero. Hey, they lost to Croatia, one zero. They tied Austria. Hey, they're not looking so hot, man. I mean, there's that, and then there's the actual World Cup. And and Mexico has beat them already at the World Cup. Yeah. So, I mean, because you have that as reference. Bro. It's like saying, oh, they can't beat. They already beat them. Did he, did, he base, did he base it off of our big win against Peru? <laughs> no, nah, he, he uses other factors, uh, and I can't find it. I had an article where you were Does he use about. the octopus? Was it Paul the octopus? Paul the octopus. The oracle, bro. The oracle. Wasn't he at like a hundred percent or something for the world? He even predicted his own death. He predicted. Oh shit! Nah, nah. He that guy. That guy. He he was the chosen one. Yeah, we we could believe an octopus, but not an economist. Come on, (laughs) come on, guys. (laughs) Está loco ese güey. Oh well, he, let's 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 he see. He has let's Argentina see. winning the whole thing. I do too, man. I think this Messi oh, is no. where he needs to be. I don't know. I don't know. I look at the, I, I was looking at the Brazil squad the other day, man. They have a, it's it's a it's a pretty impressive squad. I mean, maybe uh, they'll call in. Uh... I'm 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 confident enough to say <laughs> that it's gonna go to Europe. It, no Comebol team is gonna win this one. I don't know. Yeah, well, I, they I, haven't I, been I, able I, to I don't think, I wait, I don't know if you guys know this, but has any Comebol team ever won the World Cup outside of the Americas? No. Brazil and Japan. Oh, that's right. And Japan, too. But what was it? Uh, Sweden. They won it in, with Pelé. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. So they and, won and, it in, in Europe. And, yeah, and then, it's the only team. Yeah, you're right. Europe had never won it in the Americas until Germany and Brazil. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we all know Brazil's a different breed, but um, 
yeah, we'll see what happens in Qatar. Uh, how's our number one fan doing, Ricky, Ricardo? We saw his car the other day. Yes, I took a photo of your truck, bro. It's looking good. It looks nice, right? You got it all, <laughs> all nice and waxed for the for the partido. I was like, oh. Yeah. With, with the America cooler on the side, bro. I've seen that. I've seen that one before, bro. I was like, oh. Like, I don't know, man. It's like one of those cars. It's like one of a kind, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, uh, so we're going to blame the loss on Ochoa, right? That's what we're doing. Well, I'm surprised you guys didn't start off with, uh, with America porking Chivas again in the, in the friendly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's right. They had their Atlanta, uh, rematch. Yep. And we started off with, uh, with our with the number one cantera in Mexico, and we we porked you guys three one. <laughs> we had uh we had carnitas on Sunday. Is that what you're selling? What you're telling me? And, and all all the all the chiermanos were raging because Mosumbito was clowning on you guys when you stood on the ball, La Poncho. Oh yeah, yeah. He he did that little maneuver that you see on FIFA yeah. Street. Mm-hmm. And you guys were crying all weekend, but that's a story for another day. See, that's where you see the lack of experience there. Because if I see that, I kick the shit out of that ball, dude. <laughs> like, but well, it comes with experience, you know. These guys are like getting their first minutes, but that that was that was a pretty pretty ballsy maneuver there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> But yet again, Papi comes out on top. <laughs> like I said, well, man, I am looking forward to the downfall in Ligia. We'll see. You're, you're looking forward to the 14 being raised. Ah. Oh, wow. Wow. I love Wait, the confidence. Oh, I mean, sorry about that. Uh, I, I spoke incorrectly. I, I mean, the 18th being raised. Oh, wow. What, there's some more brother cups that you guys uh, try to claim? <laughs> some more. A, a, lot, a lot more uh, made-up cups. <laughs> <laughs> no, Chivas is the winner, or, or the, are the experts at winning Copas de Chocolate, like Almeida. Wow. When you won all the 10 titles that came out of nowhere, they just made them up wow. all in the season. You sound, you sound like the Uruguay fans that want to claim their Olympic titles as World Cup titles. <laughs> oh, no, that's different. Because FIFA, because the, oh, what are we talking? I'm America's on top, looking down. What are we talking about? Because you're, you're giving them former titles, so you're counting the amateur aerial titles, huh? No, no, no. We we talked about this before. The, the league was created, was uh, authorized by FIFA when when America was playing, and players are being paid, so we can't call it amateur. But the professional era started in, I believe, what, uh, 49, 43, I think? No, 43, no. 44? That's, yes. The league started. The name change started. Mm. When the league that America was playing already, that FIFA, that FIFA recognized in the 20s, yeah. America already had four titles. You you guys just joined the boat. You jumped yeah, on well, the boat. Well, right, 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 right to the and put those extra two, those extra four uh, stars on the jersey. <laughs> it, Coincidentally, if you go back to the a guy on Twitter mentioned this, if you go back to the past transmissions about the the finals that America won, 
you can you can actually hear Pedro Bermudez and other and certain commentators contradicting themselves, mentioning those titles, and then out of nowhere <laughs> they stop mentioning them. Mentioning them. Wow. You mean you mean a team owned by Televisa commentators for by Televisa? <laughs> yeah, You're making yeah. a, I mean you the could station. go back. ¿Por qué tan amargado, Joao? Yo decía, man, it's okay, man. You, in another 10 years, you guys will win one and then you can kind of creep closer But maybe <laughs> maybe if, if, if we put Chivan in another three games so, uh, refereeing for you guys right <laughs> hey, hey but I wanted I wanted to give my thoughts on this huh? let's hear it man you guys are attacking me for for being for going for America man <laughs> you, you hermanos are vicious no, well, hey, no man, you guys no are in first place. You guys are in first place. It should, there should be, uh, you know, more. It should, basically, it should reflect the national team as well. If America's doing well, the national team should be doing well, uh, right? No, 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 Jaime, don't, don't, don't say that, man. You, you know, you guys are the ones that always say if Chivas is doing well, Mexico's doing well, because we got all the Mexican players. Well, now you got. Oh, I never players. said that. Now you got uh, Guatemaltecos on your team. <laughs> That's, hey, that just means way more. You got to like, play well. We have, a, we have a Peruvian with a Chilango accent. Yeah. <laughs> nah, I want to hear your thoughts on the game, man. What do you think about these Partidos Moleros? Well, well the, the, the Peru one... It doesn't matter. Those guys are bums. It's like beating El Salvador. <laughs> you get more merit beating El Salvador than beating them. Yeah, you know, I agree because a lot of people thought they were going to beat Australia. And I'm all, no, it's just uh, Australia is just a better squad. And, and Peru doesn't even have a, a decent players in, in, in Europe. But where, where they dig up that, father, the, that Italian guy? Come on. <laughs> yeah, but I, what I did enjoy about that was the, the aftermath with the the peruanos llorones crying on social media i did enjoy that but but what i did want to mention is the colombia game and that's where i differ with you guys everyone's talking about how oh it, it is it well it is a friendly there's no denying that mm-hmm. but the once again i must put another uh, a stamp on the bingo card i'm gonna mention it again The the phys, the physicality that Mexico lacks always shows up. Always seems to show up in these types of games, man. Huh. Yeah. You you I notice Antu, you notice Antuna, he's trying. Uh, what's that guy? The the center back for Colombia. That that guy looks like he plays in the NFL, man. Sabine Mamau, the Sanchez, the guy that plays for for Tottenham. Oh, him, Davidson. Yeah, him. Yep. Yeah. If you watch that game, Antuna looked scared even trying to like win a ball against them, man. Yeah, yeah. 
That guy's a stud, and, man. Well, yeah, he is good, but take and another thing, like Hoa was saying, and this even though yes, I I've always come on here and I've said that the IMX is my favorite league and the best league on this side of the world, which it is. But certain things you can take away from this game also is the one thing that pisses me off is when these guys get fouled. Like in other leagues, Mexico fouls, they don't count those Mexico fouls. In other leagues, they play through it, man. And the speed at which these guys play, like I, uh, yeah. who, who's on here? Um, Albert, you, you write about boxing, right? Yeah, uh, boxing, yes, uh, boxing, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I've seen some of your tweets. Let me give out this example. What hap- What happens when a certain boxer, he only faces, he, he for like 20 fights straight, He he's only used to facing uh, come-forward fighters. And in his, in his next fight, in his step-up fight, and he, he faces like a, a slick a, a slick black fighter. What happens? Well, well, I mean, we don't we don't have to look too far. Look at uh, the the Andy Ruiz with his fights against AJ. So in the first fight, AJ underestimated him, and and he went forward and he went forward with him, and you know, uh, Andy took him out. And the second fight, AJ becomes a boxer, and uh, and Andy couldn't even get, uh, couldn't even land the punch. What I'm trying to get at is though, yeah, yeah. if you these guys are so the Mexican players, they're so used to get in that same look from Liga MX because that's the only look they get from yeah, the same yeah. players in Liga MX because, like you guys mentioned, there's no Libertadores, there's no Copa America, so you don't get to see these other type of, types yeah. of players on the usual basis. Mm-hmm. So you're used to seeing these same bums, these same bum extranjeros <laughs> in Liga MX, so you don't really evolve either. You just you stay there that's and... It. Once you step up, you get exposed, and this will happen yet again. And that's where the importance of having players in Europe comes in. Exactly what, exactly what you're detailing. That's exactly why it's important to have these guys in a, in a different type of uh, environment, in, in a more physical environment. And you know, and you know, people don't say it just to say it. They're saying it because you know it, it makes a lot of sense. And you make you make a lot of sense right now. Well, that's the America coming out of me, man. I always speak the truth, but <laughs> no, no, hey, Cole, I, I gotta call you out on yes. this, though, man. You said yes. that, uh, oh, I, well, I don't know who said it that, uh, that, uh, you don't know who to blame for this for Mexico looking like crap. Oh, well, I, didn't, was I didn't bring that up. Well, I must have. Uh, I must have been hearing things. So I'm walking you, right you now. You must but... have different, different podcast, man. Yeah, well, it's like I'm Forgive me, pero. I don't, I don't know. No, no but, uh, I was... like if you ask me what's going on, I think it's a combination of things. I think the league, because of the amount of foreigners, we haven't been seeing as many uh, talents coming up, especially mm-hmm. at the striker. If you go going like into the 90s, you would see more Mexicans competing for Campeonato de Goleo. You don't really see that anymore. There's like maybe one guy, and there and then the rest are all like South Americans, and that's mm-hmm. with the league because they just they would rather bring in foreign talent. So then that just keeps a lot of young players from developing. I think that's one of the things. The other thing is a lot of the players, like some of the players that got injured, like like uh, um, Jimenez, and he was going to be one of the main 
pieces of, for Mexico going into the World Cup. And it's just sad what happened. And then other players, their form just drops, you know, and it's it's like sometimes they recover, sometimes they don't. But you do see it. Um, I saw some of that going into 2014. Some of these uh, European-based guys, a lot, a lot of them, their playing form was just bad. Um, I would see them like where they would have enough space to do something and then they would just kick the ball really bad. It's in the, like an awful cross. <clears throat> so I think it's it's a combination of a lot of those things going on where it's like you've heard say even if you change the coach, he's still gonna pretty much be using a lot of the same players. Yeah. Um they do they do say, oh well if you put you put these other players, but we don't really know for sure, you know. There's no way of knowing it. Yeah, you could throw them in, but then they might not, they might or might not. We don't really know. It's no guarantee. But, but come on, let's be honest, man. A lot of these players, they're just not that good. You could you could bring in whoever the hell you want to bring in. You can uh, Thomas Tuchel, or however you say, the, the guys from Chelsea. You could bring him in right now. He's not gonna. How is a, a manager gonna change the shit show that's Mexico, the, the Mexican Federation is, and the way they operate by just bringing in a coach? That's a lazy argument by the Mexican media right now. Because you like, uh, I heard Jaime say that uh, that 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 was a uh, uh, was a uh, was calling a lot was a uh, was calling him out to, certain, yeah. on certain things. I, and they didn't I don't like see that. it. That's a shit show, though. I, I don't see it. I, I do in think... a lot of ways it is whole. What I, I I know I see why because I think the expectations for Mexico, especially the media, always amplifies them, you know. And and fans, we have, we seem to, you know, buy into that. And so our expectations are also like very high for how the team should be doing. And like like we we feel that in the region Mexico should dominate and like beat all the teams by goleada and. And that's, that's should, never really, well. but that's never historically that's never been the case. So how all of a sudden do you just expect that to happen? But I'll tell you well, why, well, because Mexico is the only not not even Brazil, not even Germany, not Italy, not even Argentina have been burdened with the obligation to lift up a certain a, 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 a certain conference. Mexico's been burdened with that because USA. Because USA fans think that uh, football just started like three years ago. I mean, tontitos en la cabeza. No, but it depends on fans. If you're talking to a lot of young fans, yeah, they, I say about 98 they can't believe that. Must, no. there's, there's, there's like two of them that have that have. I were like 75. No, because you have a lot of older fans They were around when there was the North American Soccer League. So you must be talking to really young guys. No, I'll give but, you eight. I'll give you 80. No, because before. because remember the US qualified to the 1990 World Cup. And not and the they, What happened? And not the 2018, right? No, but we're talking about fans. So I mean, there's people watching that were watching since going that far back. And then you could say you know like you could raise other questions, but then we have to keep in mind that for many years CONCACAF had like one ticket and then just like two tickets. So mm -hmm. it was very difficult to go into the World Cup. So I mean, 
we just forget all of these things all of a sudden. Uh, so it was it was not easy to get into. It was like what sixteen teams at one point, and then just twenty-four. So it was it was a much difficult task. And those, those and those Caribbean teams used to be very good until the until like uh, Netherlands and and France started uh, pillaging the islands for talent. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, they had uh, from yeah. Suriname. I think uh, yeah, Holland would get some players. They had some really good players. Yeah, that was a long time ago, though. Right now, it's a Bermuda Triangle of nada. They don't have nothing there. No, it's it's money, you know. It's like that's where this economist comes in because it does affect the pulpo guy. So, the pulpo the guy. New pul- well, he's the new pulpo guy. <laughs> no, but Hoy, you agree with me though that Mexico is though, like we're we're the neighborhood slut, man. Punk Cuff has been passing us around, and it, we're all yeah. Well, yeah we're, we're, that part is there. true. Well, yeah, because the federativos they oh, yeah. they um they just didn't know how to. They didn't respect first the region, and then and then the second was that um, the crime that happened with Jack Warner and uh, yeah. what was his name? I forgot. But they bought the boats. They kind of did what and uh, Chuck Blazer. Chuck, yes, Mr. Ten Percent. Yeah, the, the guy who had a, a New York penthouse for his cats. For his, <laughs> for his kitty cats. cats. That's yeah, a, so that's they, something they, uh, chickies would do. <laughs> but yeah, these these guys took over the region, and it was very corrupt. But then yeah. it's like it, it comes to votes, and then yeah. Mexico was all of a sudden at their mercy. Yeah. You know, they, they go from one. Go on. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. But Pfizer so now always always points this out that Mexico has lost power after the Canelo years. You know, oh, yeah, you know, yeah Mexico Canelo has lost was vice president. Region. Yeah, yeah, Canelo was uh, Guillermo Canelo, the Stadio Azteca's name. You know, it's I think that's the official name, right, for Stadio Azteca. Stadio I think Guillermo they reverted back to it. I don't think <laughs> it's official anymore. Well, this <laughs> guy, well, yeah, well, he was that big, where, um, and he was at one point vice president at FIFA. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mexico had power, and then then they lost it, and and that's why they're forced to come to two to two uh, gold cups. <laughs> Every four years, I mean, uh, biannual Gold Cup because they just don't have the power no more. And don't forget the wonderful Nations League now, right? <laughs> oh yeah, exactly. So, so you have a, a biannual Gold Cup and the Nations League. Yeah. Also, USA can can win in in snowy weather on their conditions. Uh, USA is a home home field FC. Anytime they're at home, they win. Well, what happened these last couple of games? They got exposed for being the bunker ball bums that they are, man. <laughs> <laughs> they struggle they against don't win uh, away. Saudi Arabia, huh? They don't know how to win away. The only time they ever won away is because obviously they beat Mexico because Mexico, también, like a guy that works with me, se, se, se les moja el culo cuando they play when, when they're in that moment. <laughs> <laughs> when Mexico gave up their advantage uh, playing the afternoon uh, Azteca games too, yeah, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was that's, that was a big thing. Yeah, that, that was a big, uh, a big uh, mistake and part of the. Uh, they can't play at two at two o'clock. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. No, that's not where they got to play prime time. Yeah, big money. 
Which and that helped them. Remember that what that that two thousand that two thousand nine game against that make or break game against USA where Charlie Davis opens up the score, then Sab then Sabah and uh, I forget who else uh, brings Israel, Mexico Israel, back. Israel Castro knocks knocks in that that uh, that yeah, goal yeah. from outside the box, man. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. And then Sabah uh, nets the winner, I believe. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And that was a two o'clock game, and that 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 definitely helped Mexico in a way, but. They're too bad, you know. You know, like I said, like you guys said, Mexico just doesn't have that power anymore. And it's a shame because Mexico should be dictating everything. Where Mexico and its fans are the ones that keep football alive in on this side of the world, man. Because I mean, because it's, it's yeah. and everyone can say what they want, but football in the U.S. is still a niche sport. No matter how much money they're pumping into their stadiums and. And I've like I told her before, as shit TV ratings. MLS does. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's no doubt. Freaking. Uh, uh, I mean, I mean, I could tell you. I mean, MLS stories just just don't draw. I mean, they. I mean, there's no there's there's no audience for them. I mean, uh, I mean, the MLS is by far in the United States still is is the top league. That's my that's my argument. Look, because a lot of people say. That it is true, I agree, because I've witnessed it. I've witnessed it where, where down here in Houston, I've seen the the America against Manchester City game uh, a couple months back, and the place was filled. But what I keep saying is that yes, football is growing, but they're not growing MLS football. They're growing European football because American fans are very selfish. They want to see the best of the best. And you can you can put your an eye patch, or you can cover your eyes and do whatever the hell you want to do. But everyone knows where the best football is being played, and that's in and that's over there in Europe. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's true. And um, people still are unfamiliar with uh, the MLS here, especially here in the West Side. I think in the East Coast, there's definitely a more of a, of a following of football. Uh, I mean, soccer, you know. But here in the I West Coast, it's, it's not as popular. Are, do you guys think that uh, that LAFC versus Galaxy is going to fill up the 90,000 seats at the Rose Bowl? I, I don't no. think it will, but but I think that... Is that what that they're proposing? Is... That that's well, that that game the game's already set. It's the it's gonna it's gonna kick off the 2020 the 2000. The 2023 season. Oh, in that case, it will. Yeah, it'll sell out. Vela Chicharo. Well, actually, or did they bring in someone else? Well, Chicharo's gone in, in January. His contract ends uh, in 2020. We don't know that yet. Rumors. He's no. going to the to the motherland. I wish. <laughs> no, because they're they're gonna go after uh, the guy that bit uh, that bites people. They're gonna go after him, Luis Suarez. Oh. Luis Suarez. Yeah. But I did I did uh, have the privilege of covering the Cali Classico over the weekend uh, over there in Stanford and they sold out and that was fifty five thousand and I there trust me dude like there's not that many uh, earthquakes fans it was it was everybody wanted Chicharo <laughs> everybody everybody on both sides wanted Chicharo there's a lot of Chivas jerseys in the crowd there's a lot of America jerseys in the crowd a lot of Mexico jerseys a lot of Mexico flags so it's like he's still like the big draw here. Um, hey Jaime, I want I wanted to mention something about that. Uh, yeah, uh, so you're the one that uploaded that picture, that video with the with the 
quotation barra brava MLS. Well, what is that? Oh there? my god, the uh, that's San Jose the lamest barra brava I've ever seen. Man. <laughs> oh, god bless their souls. The San Jose Ultras, man. Ultras, come on, man. Yeah, they had a. I, I can go to my neighborhood, Cascarita. Thank just... you. Hey, thank you for reminding me. Let me see if I can play the sound clip because it's pretty cringe, man. I'll see if I can find it real quick. But yeah, the uh, I was not, I knew he was gonna score goals. He he wasted no time, and uh, oh, here we go. I found it. Yeah, that was the San Jose Ultras, and uh, I don't see the United States national team getting uh, penalized for that chant. Because it's double standards, because when they do it, it's passion, but when Mexican fans do it, it's they're being ignorant, they're being racist, and they're being homophobic. <laughs> well, that's part of it, too. I don't think the fans no, are... no We're not complaining about it. Uh, I think it was and I still don't think it was a lot of the fans from the U.S. that were complaining about the whole, you know, now we're going into the corner kick chant um, or the speje. And what is it? Yeah. Uh, cor- yeah. kick. Goal yeah. Kick, yeah. I, 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 no, it's all over the place, man. <laughs> hey, hey, man, I'm You're very opinion. Opinion. Yeah. I'm full of passion, man. We're, we're, I'm we're, over, we're in first place. I'm, over, we're looking I'm down. over going down the rabbit hole, but there's just... This is more like um, whack-a-mole. There's like, like well, 50 well, topics well, here. Well, we, we, we have eight me, people on here to do El Grito, right? Go for it. <laughs> let, let me let me do another turn in this rabbit hole. Because uh, we mentioned that, right, about the how I called out the double standards. Yeah, they mooch and they prey on the Mexican fan to build their shit league. But then... Then you got uh, guys like that problem child and Alexi Lalas back in the '90s, where when he when he questioned Mexican Americans' uh, uh, patriotism or their nationality when they rooted for Mexico in the World Cup, even though you like you like you said, well, those bums didn't have a, a natural league yet. So how are you going to criticize Mexican fans for rooting for a team? Yeah, they're, no, cl- they're familiar yeah. with with the league they followed. For, for... I'm gonna tell you my experience of why I started following Mexico. I could, I couldn't. Re- First of all, I mean, uh, you're right. There wasn't a league, and I couldn't relate to the U.S. team. I, w- I wasn't a redhead like Lalas. I, you mm-hmm. know, I, I wasn't. Uh, you know, I didn't see you no know, brown folks on that team. And so, uh, so you know, I, but I saw, uh, you know. They had a campus, Mexico had a campus, had a Hernandez, you know, Hermosillo. I had, I had people I could relate to. So that's that's part of the reason I I, uh, I, follow, I follow Mexico since uh, 93, 92. The, 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 the way to I them, put it is like this, American. man. <laughs> <laughs> no, the way I put it is this. It's like... Uh, it's like any it's like any sport, right? If your dad, if you're sitting down watching sports with your dad and he's watching, you know, Liga MX, the Mexican national team, you're probably going to become a fan of those, right? And again, like 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 you guys said, there was no uh, MLS. Yeah. So, who? Wait, real quickly, who do I blame 
for all, you guys are all into wrestling. Who do I blame for that? Who's who who's who put you guys on that fake shit, man? I want a wrestling. Yeah. Fake. You're calling wrestling fake? Oh man. You, you wouldn't tell that to the Macho Man Randy Savage. Hey, hey, it's, it's, it's right. Hard. I'll show, I'll show you, you how savage it is. <laughs> You wouldn't say that to Jimmy Superfly Snooker yeah. if he was in your face, man. He give you that elbow drop. <laughs> you wouldn't, you wouldn't say that to that to the guy in the '80s that slapped the uh, the reporter from from ABC for telling him if it was John Stossel. Yeah, 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 yeah. Wow. And, uh, that that guy was the original Stone Cold. I always thought it was Brand News Brown, but then I saw this guy and I'm like, this guy's practically Stone Cold. Kayfabe, kayfabe. <laughs> All I know is no, uh, Jaime. Jaime, it was there was that was just huge back then, uh, like in the eighties. Oh, and, and it was on going nineties. Yeah, and it was I on was free poor. TV. Your parents have failed you. And I'm way, just kidding. Way, be, way before cable and hundred and two hundred channels. Come on, Jaime, it's, it's uh, us watching. That's like you watching Real Housewives these days. Ah. Jaime, girl, watching Power Rangers. For me. For me, it was also, you know, triple A with, you know, winners, with, oh. uh, with Super Caloy and La Parcas and Santo, with uh, Love Machine coming to the L.A. and doing the, the, the swimming motions to the Mexican fans. <laughs> I, I, I like the narrators from triple A was Magadan or Magallanes. Uh, no, the triple A was, the, was el, doctor, el Doctor Morales and it was el, 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 el Rudo Rivera. El Rudo <laughs> was Magadan. Who was Magadan? Magallan was... No, so Magallan. That, that, was, that was when Morales played from AAA and he did Consejo Mundial de Lucha Libre and ah, he, was, he was doing Magallan. So that's what you will hear on, on Galavision from 2009. He was like, no, Magallan is... Wow. You, you guys were watching. I, I underestimated how many wrestling fans we have on tonight, man. I should, I should mute all of you right now. Well, this guy said Galavision. Sometimes before, uh, like, a game... It yeah, would be the yeah. wrestling dude. That's the, yeah. doesn't get better than that. Jaime, he, who's that? Wait, who, who was the one wrestler that was a midget, or was that a lot of them? They, they uh, had a lot of In Mexico, there was a bunch of them. Yeah. I just know like there's like a gif where one of them just gets like yeeted. Well, the little monkey, the like, yeah. The I'm like, the yo. Monkey, I'm gonna have to find the one where King Kong Bundy body slams one of the midgets, man. <laughs> oh, yeah, he, he, uh, he, he body slams, I think, a little beaver or something like that. Or yeah, something like that. Wow. Little but how how did you not grow up watching wrestling? That every he was he was into Power Rangers. I was watching watch. the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, or I was watching soccer like twenty four seven, bro. Like it's it's always been soccer for me. You, you had you had the soccer channels. I just had I just had Univision, man. I just had I miss this a lot younger. Yeah. Look, look are, you, are you thirty yet? Dinosaur. Yeah. Look. Kids, kids have it good because I remember growing up in the '90s when she was playing Santos and Aliguilla. Santos uh, didn't have lights, so they, they had to play on a Tuesday and a Wednesday at two o'clock in the afternoon. So we had to, you know, listen to we we had to listen to a local show called Ablando right here in LA, Ablando de Deportes, and they they would give the score. I remember but these guys would give like a ten minute. It was like a ten minute tease. Y ahorita les vamos a decir cómo quedó Chivas. Y cómo le fue el rebaño. Like ten minutes. That's true. Wow. That's true, man. Hey, that reminds me of uh, that reminds me of Telemundo that you would go to the channel and they wouldn't show the score. Remember that? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. 
Bastards. You have to wait till, till, they live in Casa, tell the cast to see the highlight of the goal. You know, I, I was, you're going that far back because uh, with the radio and a lot of my first Liguilla games was pay-per-view. Had to oh, go yeah, to a yeah. bar, had to go yeah, to a bar, pay like $20. $20. Yeah, but it's sketch bars and a lot of times I was like the youngest dude there. Yeah. Just, I was just scared to go to the bathroom, dude. I yeah. saw the, the I saw the '96 <laughs> Copa Oro at, at the Terraza Jamaica in Montebello. It was a twenty dollar twenty dollar cover charge. <laughs> yes, they, they can, and then you get what like they'll give you one free drink or something like that. Yeah, and, 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 oh, and then the 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 the, the waitress with the with the skimpy top would come over and tell me that. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Yeah, I had I had that experience for uh, Copa de Libertadores because I'd always be in Mexico for that, oh, yeah. and and I would have to same, same. You would have to go to the uh, you know like a night like a bar that was willing to pay for the for the match because you couldn't watch yeah, it. Yeah, that's what it was. Huh? Yeah, the the only time I had a, an experience like that is uh, I was fifteen and my dad took me to watch a Julio Cesar Chavez fight and do a bar oh, called nice. El Gilguero nice. over here in uh, Redwood City, and. Uh, <laughs> Man, there were some shady ass people there, man. <laughs> <laughs> it was, dude. But, but, but I still like had my early little pencil truck. thin mustache, man. <laughs> it was like the early lunch trucks before all you know, the, the most memorable one was when I saw a Mexico versus an El Salvador uh, World Cup qualifier oh, match at, at close circuit at the Sports Arena. You, you needed to go with weapons there, man. Yeah, it was like World War III in there. Those cerotes get crazy, man. That that used to be a lot of fighting back then. That's that's oh, yeah. It was like that was World Star out, uh, going out and coming, going in and coming out. Yeah, I think it was a, a more fierce, fierce rivalry than the rivalry which was the U.S. Just because it got to blows. <laughs> yeah, yes, putazos. I, I, I that's got their to World see Cup, the... though. You gotta understand. You, you gotta understand their side of the. Uh, their point of view. No, and you know what? The the rivalry even extended to the the local team, the local leagues. I mean, you would have my dad was a ref, so you you would have like Mexican teams against Salvadorian teams. Yeah, and they and oh, they yeah. if, if two of them played a final, you you would have like like a thousand a, a thousand people at a, like a community park in Long Beach. It was wow. Yeah, crazy. Yeah, I got to see just really quick. I got to see the Libertadores final, Cruz Azul, Boca, and I had to go to strip club. <laughs> this is place, and it, it was so packed. There was people like on the stage. Yeah. <laughs> they were sitting on the stage. They were, they were on the pole. Dude, the girls were nowhere to be seen. There's, there's so many dudes. They, were, they locked them up somewhere, dude. It was it's a sausage fest in there, oh, dude. Oh man. It was just yeah. You, but I, I mean, that's back then. I did, man. I did. That's the type of shit you had to do back then. And oh, then yeah, I, 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 Albert, Albert's probably gonna remember because if he's he's talking about radio, so and back then, yeah, you, you had like very little like soccer news. Yeah. Um, oh, I, I knew. You know what, Joel? I, I, I don't know if this ever happened to you. So you, they would have hablando uh, deportes, and it would go on. Sometimes it would go on to ten, and then right after, if you left the radio on, there would be Alfredo contigo. So it was practically pornography on the radio. So you would leave it on, and this, and, and this guy and this guy would talk about how oh yeah, see si me, me excita mucho ver a, a Dalis Garcia. So you know you would be listening to about soccer, <laughs> and then this guy starts talking about you know about getting turned on. It's a radio show. It is kind of like hell? Dr. Drew, but but yeah, it was like a, 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 a Dr. Drew. 
Yeah, no, I, I, I would, I knew a liquor store and they would sell the Esto. <laughs> oh yeah, the, the Esto the, newspaper. The, the Esto was big, especially after after classicals. I couldn't find yeah. that. Uh, I, I don't, I don't know. Uh, Calicero knows, uh, remembers this. I couldn't find the for the what was it? The Cinco Cero, the five zero ninety six. Ah oh, yes, <laughs> you couldn't find a copy. I couldn't find a copy. They were all gone. And, and what's the name? I went like early in the morning because there was a place in downtown in El Mercado, uh, the the where they the fruit the fruit the fruit and vegetables uh, market. The, obviously, they, they would get shipments from you're talking in LA. They you're talking in LA. Yeah, talking Central LA, Market, yeah, yeah. Grand Central downtown. Market. No, not yeah, Grand Central Market. The the big Close market, to... the big market on Olympic, where where all the businesses oh, go. Okay. Okay, I, I think I know where you... Yeah, I would go to downtown, too, to the small, like... And they used to sell this really cheap magazine. It was from Mexico. It was called Tiro de Esquina. I don't yeah, Tiro de Esquina with the... It was the 90s graphics logo on the corner, yeah. And and the top thing about it, dude, it would have... It would give you all the stats. Yeah, like, yeah. Tablas. And it, but it was really cheap paper. Like if you touched yeah. it a lot, it would start. It was the letters would start disappearing. <laughs> you know, uh, side story here. I, I I bought that magazine and I discovered that my mom's cousin was a water boy for Atlas. Where in like ninety six. Yeah, and we and they and they we we showed it to other people in the family and they would confirm that yeah he was he was a water boy for, for atlas <laughs> yeah no those back then was crazy like just if you wanted more football yeah you had to like just search wherever you could find it yeah yeah the, the radio so had, was huge it, so, so, so you, you had to grab those magazines in between Mexican porn. That was the thing, though. <laughs> the 90s was a wild, wild time. The 90s was wild to be a Mexican soccer fan and a kid. <laughs> Dude, that, that is right. It was kind of embarrassing. I was a kid. And I tried to go get the magazine, and it's like half of those mags are all porn. Dude, so, yeah, so, these so were, you, these you, were you, during your formative years, too. That's why yeah, you, there's you know, a dude with a trench coat next to you, and you're just yeah. like, <laughs> so you had to get through a stack of historias calientes to get to the soccer stuff, to get to Tiro de Esquina. I, I would pick up mil chistes. Oh, mil chistes is good, yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Jaime, you had it lucky, man. Just a click of the button for you. No, I do. I seconds after they happen. I do remember growing up and like reading Soccer Mania. That was my favorite magazine. Soccer Mania. Yep. Yeah. I, t- I tell these kids that they have it lucky. You know, you can watch a game on your phone. You know, all these apps. You know, we had to go through. We had to go through porn, and we had to go to uh, city bars <laughs> with you know, with you know, with waitresses showing cleavage. Yeah, to watch you know, to watch Luis Hernandez. You know, well, kids have it lucky now. I'll, I'll tell you this, man. Confusing, these, confusing times. Kids these days are not. Yeah, confusing times, yes. Kids these days are not watching soccer. They're watching. <laughs> they're watching their favorite video game person play virtual soccer. That's what they're mm. doing. Yeah. Well, you you even have Chichado calling himself a gamer. I don't know if you guys have seen the Verizon commercial. Oh, really? Where he's like, "Hey, you're CH14." No, you're like Chicharito, and he's like, "Yeah, I'm I'm looking for the iPhone 14," and he's like, "Oh, 14 because of your number." 
Oh wow! And then wow. he's like, no, no, because uh, because he wants to like play video games or something. Oh. And then another worker comes out and he's like, oh, and he, and then she calls him by his like gamer tag, mm. Chicha Dragon or something like that. Oh yeah, Chicha Dragon Slayer, yeah. <laughs> And he's like, yeah, I'm not a gamer. It must be a regional. Oh, it must be a regional because I, I haven't seen that commercial yet. I've yeah, it's, it. it's been playing in LA for a while. Oh, wow. See, I got to say this, though. You, you, These players, they love that. They oh, love yeah. going to MLS. They love getting their ego stroked, among other things. Who, who doesn't go, <laughs> Ricardo? Wouldn't you? Yeah. Come on. I'm a fan though, Hall. I got I gotta criticize what I see on the field, man. And these guys, they go over there just to have a good time. Whoa, whoa, and then they want to come whoa, back. Whoa. Like I got. But you know what? It's because they don't get pressure from the media here. You have questions like, oh, how does it how does it feel to play in Minnesota? You know, you have stuff like that. You don't you don't deal with the bullshit that yeah. has to deal with over there. Yeah, so uh, what about those uh those strippers you brought to the hotel room? That that, that doesn't happen anymore. <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah. Yeah, exactly. You know, stuff like that. But I will say, I will say, and I had a little mini rant um, right after the game, man. Because, like, look, you have literally the hottest striker, the Mexican striker with Chicharito. He's got 18 goals for the season. Yeah, they're MLS goals. Yeah, they're, they're not equivalent to Liga MX goals or whatever. But at the end of the day, bro, he is your number one striker right now for Mexico. No other Mexican striker has that many goals. No Henry Martin, no Raul Jimenez, no Funes Mori, no Santi Jimenez. So it's like, yo. To not yeah. even consider him, to not even call him up when we're going through, like, the worst rut. Like, this is the worst average uh, as far as Mexico scoring goals. This is, like, the worst average they've had ever, like, in a long time. It's, like, to not even consider him and and take him to the World Cup, to me, is, like, insane, bro. Look, one thing that I told my friend is that Jimenez and Henry, they're not scrappers. Chicharito is a scrapper. He, he'll, he'll, he'll score a goal with his ass. <laughs> I mean, he'll find a way to put it in the net. Yeah, he yeah, will. yeah. Face. I I just wouldn't call him because he did that dumb little dance. Which one? Uh, to the clown. One. I just I just seen on Twitter where he does that that dance when he's oh, scoring on those MLS well, bums. They put they put a thing about yeah, like they put a banner that they're clowns that they're clowns or something. Yeah, if you follow our Twitter, I upload the photo. It's like. Uh, like new outfits, same clowns, and it's basically like you know making fun of both LAFC and LA Galaxy. So he kind of just took that and just flipped it on its head, and it and it worked. It worked. At the end of the day, like the joke's on you because I'm walking away with two goals, and you guys are uh, calling me a puto. <laughs> but yeah, um, we're gonna start winding down and with our closing thoughts for the nights. We do have some Liga Mekis uh, return this weekend uh, to to finish off the the regular season, and uh, we have Fuerla America, Juarez Pumas, Monterrey Pachuca, San Luis Tigres, Atlas Necaxa, Cruz Azul Chivas, Santos Mazatlán, Toluca Querétaro, uh, León Tijuana. So. That will be the last matches of the regular season. And Querétaro, Atlas, I think even Pumas have an incentive to win their matches because um, the team with the worst record gets penalized. They don't get relegated, but they do have to pay a fee. 
No, not yet. It's going to be an accumulation with the, uh, I believe, with the, with the clausura. Oh, okay, okay. So, so they could do bad, and the next tournament they could do a little better, and you know. But ultimately, whatever they do this season does uh, kind of impacts what happens. For sure. Well, Albert, we'll start with you, man. Do you have any? Uh, thanks for hopping on the show tonight. Um, do you have any closing thoughts? On the on the Liguilla or on the Mexican national team? Just uh, anything, anything you want to sign off on. Okay, uh, for, uh, I'm gonna say it again. Uh, you guys are too optimistic about the national team in, in Qatar. I mean, there's uh, like I told you, being around Tata last week, and uh, it just it changed the way I felt. I was optimistic, but you know, the guy just doesn't care. And I think everything starts with who, who, with the with the banquillo. He's the one that tr- that transmits, you know. Uh, confidence and uh, you know fire and the guy he's checked out so honestly I'm glad I play fantasy football and this is a, this is a, a a winter tournament because I'm gonna have something it's not gonna be the, the dog days of summer <laughs> I'm gonna have something else to focus on <laughs> <laughs> oh, awesome Ricardo what you got for me man how you feeling about America last match of the season Puebla should be easy right easy pickings do you even have to ask hi man I mean <laughs> but, but I will say, I'm calling you right now. You guys are gonna lose that Cruz Azul game. You guys' morale is on the floor, wow. and once you once you get a uh, once you get Mexican players' morale on the floor, there's no coming back. Mm. That, that's how the season started for us. So yeah, yeah, we're and used to used to it, man. They, that's how it's gonna low end. Low morales, they they have low morales for lunch. You train in the dark. The, we're, we're I was born in it. <laughs> but uh, I was just gonna say as well. Uh, every World Cup never changes, and as long, even though I always pray, always praise Matthew Ascarraga for giving me the glory to root for America <laughs> and being the biggest team in the world. <laughs> I always have to criticize them because yeah. FMF, like you mentioned, Jaime. As long as they look, they keep looking out for their monetary gain, and they keep running it like a novela, like if it was Luz Clarita. Dos mujeres un camino. Dos mujeres un camino. Oh, I was about to say that. Dos mujeres un camino. Soñadoras. La madre. All these novelas. Is gonna you're gonna see the same result. All right. Oh, and on the side note, uh, um, uh, Jaime. Yeah. Uh, oh. Albert, I gotta ask you something, man. Yeah, go ahead. You, you, tú que escribes para boxeo, why didn't yeah. you call out these other writers, man? Everyone knew that third Canelo fight was going to be a dud. Triple G was done, man. I, I, you know what? And I had I wrote something for the Sporting News in, in March about how, how Canelo could have hurt him. Canelo didn't hurt him, but but I, you know, it wasn't the triple, it wasn't the triple G of, uh, it wasn't the triple G of old. I mean, you know, 40 years is 40 years. Yeah. He needs to he needs to grow some huevitos and rematch that Russian guy or fight that. that they are working. I think they, the fight they want to make. And I, I I talked to I was in an interview with the uh, with the president of Golden Boy Promotions. They're trying to make. The, he said that they already talked to Glogokin about fighting the Mungia, which is the 
which is, I think, uh, it's, a, I think it would be a, a bigger fight than him fighting Charlo because you know the Mexicans will rally behind Munguia. So, yeah. do do you think if there's rematch, um, with Canelo and Bo- uh, well, Bovokin? Well, we have an interesting scenario because Bivol is going to be fighting another Mexican in November, Sulu Ramirez, which is slower, but he's a much bigger fighter than Canelo. He's bigger uh. than Bivol. So, so let's say Bivol Surdo uh, beats uh, beats Bivol, so the heat is now on Canelo to fight Surdo, but and the heat is gone because Canelo has said that he has some like BS thing about not wanting to fight Mexicans because he represents Mexico. But I mean, if he want, you know, if he wants to save face, he's either he's either gonna have to fight if Surdo wins, he has to fight Surdo, and. And all, you know, if Bebo wins, he's gonna, you know, he he he's the one that wants that Bebo fight because you know he's, he's a proud man. So yeah. And then at one sixty-eight, we have the Mexican monster Benavides, whose whose dad has been calling out Canelo. So you know, Canelo's in a situation where you know he he doesn't have a lot of uh, he's going to be pressured to fight. You know, uh, tough yeah. fights. Well, my question was in in the weight. Huh? He has to go up and wait. Oh, and, and, that's another, and that's another thing. Well, that's, that's where, yeah. So, so when Sudan Bebo, well, Bebo said he would go down to 168, what well, I doubt it. But the thing is that 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 adjustment in weight has affected Canelo. In the last yeah. fight, I mean, he he looked winded. He looked winded after the the eight round more than usual. And and I talked to a lot of boxing people, uh, people you know in the know about you know how these guys prepare and that that loss of muscle. Especially uh, over thirty, it, it, it really it really affects this guy. So I don't know how effective he he, he would be able to go to one seventy five again. Yeah, see that's that's where I was like, yeah, yeah. Like, it's, it's I think a lot of people didn't give him credit for that. He had to change his weight. And he's yeah. uh, he's it's fighting tough. he's fighting injury. Right? His his left hand is. Well, you know, you know what's funny. You know what's funny. So I'm at the press conference, and this guy says, "Oh, I can't, I can't move all my my left hand, and this and that." Yet he's holding the mic with the left hand. So I don't, I don't know what's going on there. <laughs> well, there's like holding a mic, and then there's punching someone in the face with it. So no, but he he says, "Oh, I can't move it at all. I can't move. No lo puedo mover. Me duele todo el lado." Yeah. No, no, he glued you know the what? microphone. You know what? I do believe. I do. I want to make this short. I do believe he's injured because if you look at the plant fight, was was just ten months ago. He's had. A, he's had some of a, a somewhat of a drop off in his performance. And you know, I I do. A lot of people say, well, you know, he's been fighting half his life. Uh, I don't believe it's that. It would be that drastic. I so that's why I side more that this guy has just been dealing with with, with some injuries yeah. and and there's a lot of money involved and he just trying try to get through the contracts. Yeah. So he says he's going to take a long break. He might come back in May or September. So yeah. Yeah. Super elbow drop. Closing thoughts. Closing thoughts, Matt. I'm just going to sit here and, and uh, pay attention for the next couple of months on, on how uh, Tata, Martine, uh, Tata Martino uh, handles the Mexican press because they got under his skin bad, man. Mm-hmm. Uh, I see the, the poor old fool doesn't have a, a, an aneurysm or something what? before before the World <laughs> Cup. Wow. And for uh, Liga MX, man, Chivas beat Cruz Azul 2-0. Oh, that's oh, what I like wow. to hear. That's what I like to yeah. hear. Yeah. All right. <laughs> I love it. Joel, what you got for me? 
No, not much, man. I want to talk about something, but it would have come next next pod. Um, <laughs> I, I don't know, man. I'm I'm just not worried of what happens. I do think Mike's coming home early. That's always a possibility, and if that did happen, I wouldn't sound the alarms of because I know they're already like a lot of the media is already painting that doomsday picture, going with uh we missed out on the Olympics in under twenty. Even though it was like what the same, the same qualifier for both. And hearing them speak, you would think they were separate, and then they're they're just gonna pile on all of this. I, I don't think um, problems that, that um, that deep is is sometimes just generational. Sometimes you get really good crop of players, and then other times you just get players that aren't that good. I mean, if this is Mexico being bad. Like in the in the grand scheme of things, it's not that bad, really. They're still at the World Cup, you know. There, there's still a lot of stuff that they've been achieving. Um, so that's that's just my take on on the whole World Cup thing. Awesome. Well, uh, thank you guys for hopping on. It was a really entertaining episode. We kind of went sort of left field. I, I blame myself <laughs> for bringing up the the wrestling shit, but uh, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> I love it. I love Mexican it. Mexican porn magazines. Yeah. <laughs> and and radio. And, yeah. And, radio. and you know, porn radio. You know, it's funny. Like I was trying to find like that gif. You just type in like midget wrestler, and it's like the first gif that pops up is just him just getting fucking yeeted across the entire ring. Anyways, um, looking forward to Liga Mekis returning. It, it's been a while. I'm, I'm tired of these partidos moleros. I'm I'm, I'm glad that. We have Liga Mekis to, to carry us through the weekend. We're in October, guys. It's it's about to be the best time of the year. Um, yep. But, yeah, thank you guys so much for hopping on, and we will catch you in the next one. All right.